How familiar were you with the Center of Religion and Culture before you took on the job as director? I knew it pretty well because I'd uh, moderated, I think, at least one panel. Um, Jim McCartan, my, my predecessor, had brought me in to moderate a panel a few years ago. And of course, I like to attend the events. I mean, they've always been just top quality since Peter and Peggy Steinfels uh, started it. You know, I started my career at Vatican Radio over in Rome, which is run by the Jesuits. So now, you know, the other end of my career, I'm here at uh, Fordham University, also run by the Jesuits, so it's a bit of a homecoming. What would you say is the most memorable event that you covered or attended? There was one in particular that was, uh, I don't know why it sticks in my mind, the, the one I moderated uh, was on the legacy of John the Twenty-Third. but there was one uh, I, I covered, it was on the role of religion in peace building around the world. And they had Sean Casey, who was then at the State Department, and Scott Appleby from Notre Dame. And, you know, it was one of those things where the presumption was, oh, you know, religion's uh, always a good thing for, you know, for increasing peace around the world, etc. But there were some good contrarian opinions. It's like it's not as simple as that. And that's, I think, one of the real strengths of the Center on Religion and Culture is it's not just to confirm your opinions, confirm your expectations, but it's also to challenge you and maybe surprise you a little bit. I think it's really important, again, especially in these days of polarization <laughs> and everybody in their silos and nobody reads newspapers, they just get a news feed tailored to their views. That um, It's important to challenge your presumptions and challenge your perspectives and really make you think and, and hopefully see the other person's position and maybe even revise your own. The CRC describes itself as a place that explores the complex relationship between religion and contemporary life in a manner that advances beyond the caricatures and misapprehensions that often form public perceptions and color media coverage about faith issues. Can you expand a little bit more on what this means to you? Well, I think it's really about going deeper and broader into issues. Most journalism can always only skim the surface and of course with social media uh, amplifying that kind of 140 character bytes size information packet uh, delivery system we have a real opportunity and I think a real audience for people who want to go a little more more deeply into issues and uh, you know go beyond uh, headlines and, and, and what's presented just in the, in, in the media. Your background is in journalism, and I wonder if you could talk a little bit more about how you expect that to affect the way you approach this job. Really, that's something journalistically I've enjoyed doing, is explaining what it means. You know, we talk about the Twitter-sized uh, uh, bites of, of, of news, but the other thing that really um, draws people is explanatory journalism, analytical journalism, not just opinion journalism, but it's really trying to get behind the headlines, really explain where this, where and, you know, why things are happening, where it fits historically, give it some context. And I think that um, I bring that kind of uh, template, that outlook to my job at the CRC. I also think that it's, um, you know, I'm not an academic, you know, and I'm here at a university, 
but I'm not uh, someone who's supposed to know it all. I'm just supposed to, I'm someone who can find the people who do know it all or who know part of it. Part of being a journalist is just being curious. And so I'm curious to learn about particular issues that are confronting us. And if I am, I think our audience will be as well. You know, one final point I'd make about my journalism background is that it, um, it is important, even though we plan our events largely months ahead of time, it is also important to uh, frame events that are relevant to what people are thinking about and talking about so that there is a certain, you know, headline quality to something you present. Let's talk about those issues. What specific areas where religion and culture intersect do you really want to tackle through future programming? Well, I really want to do something on Star Wars. <laughs> you know? Really? Yeah. Why not? Pop culture. Pop culture is great. That it, you know, basically, Star Wars is my right now is my kind of uh, shortcut shorthand for uh, pop culture. Getting young people interested in, in events and in current events and in topics and in discussions and in live discussions, live feedback is really a priority for me. Look at the religious values in there. You know, these are Jedis as Jesuits, you know. They're sort of um, the similarities, the parallels, the analogs there are really are fascinating. And it's not just, you know, looking at Star Wars, as fun as that can be, but looking at what does this say about why people are drawn to stories that have such profound and genuine, you know, kind of religious content and messaging, even if it's not religion as, as we would normally recognize it in, in, in our galaxy, at least. But again, you know, science fiction, futurism, all of these kinds of things that are so fascinating to so many people and raise genuine religious and moral uh, issues. I also think um, technology and ethics, social media. It's fascinating. I'm on Twitter all the time, etc. But what is it doing to us? What are the ethics of Silicon Valley? You know, there's a very real libertarian strain, uh, strain to that whole culture out there. Is it just a winner-take-all kind of thing? Is it just about, you know, getting your eyeballs into it? Is, is it a kind of, you know, uh, one of those futuristic dystopian uh, visions of the future, or is it really something that can improve our world and and engage us uh, ethically? Religion and the resistance. It's amazing. I think it's wonderful. You see so many people who are engaged, who are woke, as we say, mm. and you see people really active, and 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 for good reason, and for you know scary reasons. There's a lot of climate change to Donald Trump to whatever. There, there are a lot of people who are, who are really um, young people who are uh, really engaged and passionate about protesting and, and pushing for social change. But how is that done? It seems that so many movements today spring up and then wither away without any lasting change. What can we learn from religious traditions and religious examples for social change, from abolition to civil rights, which were grounded um, in a moral and religious vision, but were also promoted by houses of worship. 
there's a lot more to protesting, to resisting, than just putting out a Facebook post and everybody showing up. And that, I, those are, I think, are key lessons to learn for this generation. And uh, we really want to, to, to explore, you know, whether anybody in the next generation will be going to church or not. Will, will it all be spiritual but not religious? I assume you've read Charlie Camosi's commentary on The Last Jedi? Uh, I have it okay. linked here, yes, okay. exactly. I was, I was going to look at that. And I'm just fascinated by the level of engagement and passion mm-hmm. about these things. I kind of, you know, uh, I think people get a little bit too critical of it all. And I think, uh, you know, Charlie gets too critical sometimes uh, for my taste. But I, I think it's, because I, I think, you know, look at the, look at the, the lessons about sacrifice for the greater good and, and hope and things like that that are fundamentally... To my mind, the Star Wars movies and and things like that are very old-fashioned. Mm. But they're getting young people, you know, coming through the door, and they're getting us old folks, you know, arguing about it, which is basically an argument over our childhood and whether you're being fair to our childhood or not. <laughs> so, you know.